0: You are a leader. Every single one of us on the planet is a leader. If, and if you think about the three dimensions, it's, it's easy to understand it because whether you are a boss, a manager or not, you are leading yourself. And you do have relationships in your life that you can lead where you can lead. And leading is not about being bossy, right? It's about coming together around a common vision, And helping the others to be the best of them, to get to that vision.
1: You are listening to Stories for the Future, Season 2. Stories about fixing our future and about big changes in career and life. Stories about being a beginner and daring not to always know the answer from the start. And stories about creating the best everyday life that we can. My name is Veslma Klavenes Berge, and in this season I will be talking about connecting changes. I hope you will join me as I go out in the world and talk to people who are making positive changes for themselves, for other people, and for the planet. Welcome! In this week's episode, I have the great pleasure of sitting down with Anna Liebel. Anna is a leadership coach. She has her own consultancy and also her own podcast. She helps leaders find back to their genius zone, that place where we feel passion and purpose for what we're spending our days working on. Anna believes that great leadership starts with you. And her main focus with her clients lies on their self-leadership and personal development. She has a background in project management and experience from a number of different industries. When I have been searching for all the stories for the future, leadership is one of those things that has turned up, up as the glue that glues everything together in a way. And I'm not only talking about business leadership. As we discuss in this episode, we all have to lead as friends, parents, spouses, citizens, etc. And it is more important than ever that we dare to lead, and in ways that is in alignment with our values and personal strengths. But much more on that later in this episode. Here is my conversation with Anna Liebel. Hello, Anna, and welcome to the podcast. I'm so, so happy to get a chance to get to know you better. Hi, I'm
0: super happy to be your guest and I'm excited. It's the first Norwegian podcast I'm on.
1: It is. That's good. Uh, it's about time. <laughs> I think uh, this is going to be a very interesting conversation. And there's so much I want to ask you that I have written down. But um I think also that it will be maybe a little bit different than the other conversations I've had so far in my podcast, because you have like this special area that you work work in. So, and also it's really amazing to see all the nationalities that I have uh, gotten on to the podcast and you're just adding to this list of countries. Mm -hmm. So first of all, where are you from and where are you now? And maybe also where have you been in between? (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah let's make people confused right yes, yes.
1: <laughs> so i'm
0: ukrainian i was actually born in uzbekistan but my family family is ukrainian on both sides and we moved back with my parents when i was one and a half years old so i i've been born not outside of my country but raised in ukraine and then in 2010 i moved to sweden to study uh, do my master's there and i lived in sweden for just over eight years and two years ago, I moved to Iceland. So I'm moving northwest every time. Yeah. <laughs> so the
1: next stop should be Greenland. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So, so how is the Icelandic winter? How it's actually quite okay. Enough? I used to live in
0: Gothenburg, and there the winters could be quite depressing because they can be quite grey. Yes. Uh, around zero degrees, but no snow and no sun, mm-hmm. and here thou- those things are seen a bit more often. You know, there is this saying, if you don't like Icelandic weather, wait for five minutes. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> it changes.
0: <laughs> exactly. So if it's, uh, it's it, there are no those very long gray periods, like you with one of your guests talked about that you've had like rain and grayness for a month or so. Yes, yes. That's how it can be in Gothenburg here in, in Iceland. We do get more sun in the winter, so it's yeah. a bit easier
1: to survive. That's nice. So, uh, do you have any plans about how how long you will stay there? Is it due to your work, or is it your your uh, partner? It's my husband's
0: work, so we moved because he got a a, a job here. But mm-hmm. it was our decision to try to get here that way. So it was a family decision. Uh, we yeah. really like the Nordic cultures and countries, and the ways the way the society is built here with the yeah. family friendly system and so on so we really wanted to stay here while building the family and that's what we're doing at the moment and we don't have a due date for Iceland no we just bought an apartment so
1: our first own home Uh, so we're committing to building our home here yeah sounds great uh so just to get a little bit of background uh you now work as a leadership and team development consultant and we will get back to that that later. Uh, but what is your background? Like, where did you... You said you went to school in, in Sweden. So what was the original plan A? And at what... Or why did it change at some point? So plan A was kind of going with what I enjoy most. In school, I enjoyed math
0: most, thanks to my mm. teacher. And I thought, I don't want to do something very theoretical. So what could I do? And I figure out that you can do computer science where math is helpful. So mm-hmm. I did my bachelor back in Ukraine in computer science. And afterwards I was like, okay, I'm not enjoying programming. I'm not enjoying engineering part of it, but it's it's still something that I want to work with. So what could I do? I, I still miss the people part. So I found some programs in Sweden and the program that I applied for and got was uh, international project management. It was at the technical university. So it was with the engineers, but with different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I started working with after my education. So I did pr- work with project management in automotive, in life science, and in pharmaceutical industries back in Sweden. And the change or the plan B, <laughs> mm-hmm. it was kind of a smooth transition with a move here. I just um, wanted to to try to be my own boss for mm. For some time, and we'll see how how long it will be. But for now, I'm. It's stressful and tough, but it's enjoyable as well and purposeful and meaningful. So that's that's how I decided to go into owning my own business or starting it. And uh, the people part of the projects is what I've enjoyed most of the time or all of the time. And that's why it was quite easy to choose what to focus on. Hmm. Leadership consultancy.
1: Yeah. So, tell us more about that um and and i i think that um uh yeah just to get uh, a little background on what i think we will talk mostly about today uh this podcast is called stories for the future and we um i think that leadership and what you are working with is so important now for the future and the time that we're in um so this is now your area of expertise, and on your website you talk about reclaiming your genius zone as a leader. What what do you uh, what do you mean by genius zone, and why is this so important? Uh, it's a beautiful question. <laughs> I, a lot of people um, get curious about
0: about this part of of what I do and what I yeah. talk about, and I say that I, I believe that everyone has their zone of genius. We all have something that comes more naturally to us where we uh, get in the flow. We are more playful when we do those things. And it, and it is very different for different people. And I believe that we we personally and we as a society win from more people finding their zone of genius and learning mm-hmm. to stay within as much as possible and come back to it as soon as possible, because life happens in between and you get out of that zone. Mm. So my mission is to help leaders find those genius zones of theirs and learn how to navigate and how to lead from that space. And I focus on the leaders because that's where journey starts quite often. Like if we talk about organizations, if we talk about nations, it starts from the top, and of course, there are like m- movements that are happening from the bottom that are super important for forming our society and our world. But if they don't have the support and it, up from the top, and if the top is not prepared for mm. those movements, they die out in some way, and it's it's much more of a struggle. And that's what we see nowadays with the world, especially with a war, uh, with a, a ecological part and uh, mm. of the sustainability, right? So this is what I want to help uh the world with by preparing the leaders to to be more open to changes, to knowing themselves better, so that they can actually take themselves out of the equation from the egoistic so so to say part. Mm. So that they are having more energy and more capacity to serve their people and to serve the world. In the beginning, I was working more with the corporate leaders and their quite often especially in the nordic countries i i will keep it fair that i don't have that much experience in the workplace outside of nordics but Mm -hmm. here it's quite often that the best engineer gets promoted to the manager role exactly and the tragic part of that is that they might be even good at leaders but they never get support with that no and that the, the second part of this problem, the tragic part, is actually a global uh, phenomenon that leaders usually get official training or support from their organizations in leadership on average 13 years after they start managing other and leading other people. And just imagine doing that with education, for example. Yes. If you throw someone be a teacher and then 13 <laughs> years later, so a couple of generations <laughs> of classes <laughs> who kind of pass them, and then you're like, oh yeah, by the way, You can educate people like this. Yeah. (laughs) And that's what's happening in the leadership world. And and this is this is the bad part of that. So that's like my work is to help people find the tools and techniques to understand themselves and the others better. Because quite Mm -hmm. often they have the passion, right? But they're taken further away from it because they need to spend so much energy on trying to navigate the people part of their role. And if you if we if if you get better at those parts of your role, you have more time and more space in your work to actually go back to engineering parts maybe, and or to be more strategic and and to be that more visionary leader and think about the future as, as you talk mm. about in the, in the uh, in the podcast instead of putting off fires all the time with the people mm. problems that you have in the with the conflicts misunderstandings and those kind of things.
1: Mm. So so what kind of tools do you use? How, how do you work with people? Like, could you like take us through some of that, some of the parts? So I usually speak about three dimensions of leadership. Uh, one
0: to many, when you lead many people at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, one to one, when you lead one person at a time. And the dimension of one, and that's self-leadership. Yeah, And quite a lot of our work is actually coming back to the dimension of one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because you need to understand yourself this is the most powerful thing. Some people are getting pissed at me in the beginning of our work. Like, Anna, you just put all my like all the fault on me and, and all those things. And I'm like, no, I'm giving you the power back. Because when you understand what you can change on your side or what is what is your part of the conflict that you're having, misunderstanding and so on, then you have the power to change that.
1: Mm.
0: Instead of trying to change the personality of your team member who is 50 years old, Mm. which is quite a difficult thing to do. (laughs) You can actually change your attitude. You can uh, uh, change your approach. And by that, you can actually transform your relationship with that team member. So this is what we focus on quite a lot. And there are a lot of different tools that we uh, we use. One of them is journaling. So all my clients Mm. get to journal every evening and answer some specific questions so that okay. they can track their, their progress, they can better learn or learn more about themselves and get more insights. And also, What create... kind of questions? So yeah. we start with three questions in the beginning. What I did well today, and there are the rule mm-hmm. of thumb is to get at least three things. So it can be what I did well or what I'm proud of. You can also mm-hmm. format like what I'm grateful for, is the second? And then what do I need help with? And after a couple of months, once there is a momentum and people are okay with finding those answers, then we add the fourth question, which actually goes to the top. So it becomes the first question, what did I do less well today? And what is my learning? And we start with the less well part, because we don't want to finish the day with that. No, yeah. You want to finish on a positive note, so to say. Mm. So we start the reflection with that. And then we'll go through the other three questions. Mm. And it's fascinating to see how different people actually have challenges with different questions. For some people, it's difficult to ask for help because that's how they mm. brought, were brought up.
1: Mm. Some
0: people really can't find anything good in what they've done in their day, in how they live the day. So we focus on working on that. And big part of my work is actually to teach my people to see the good things about them because my clients the Mm -hmm. the people whom i attract uh, and who want to work with me are the ones who who are high performers they are achieving a lot they're doing great work uh, with what they do they appreciate it in their society in the community and at work and the family but there is something in like inside that tells them that it's never enough Mm -hmm. they are never enough And my job is to actually teach them that they are enough. And just last week, I had a service call with one of my clients where I'm asking questions about how our work is going. What is he enjoying? What is not? What we can improve and so on. And he said about it, like, you are so good at giving positive feedback. And the good thing is not uh, that you do it, but you always finish. You don't never stop at what you like saying, well done. You're saying, well done with this. And you explain yes. what was done well. And I think this is the good part that like everyone of us can take from this conversation. Whenever you want to praise someone, explain what you appreciate and what they done. Mm. And if you're on the receiving side of that, say thank you. Don't start mm. like, oh, this was nothing mm. and so on. Like, you know, we uh, we have this phrase back home. Uh, when when someone is asking you, think uh, says thank you, then you say, oh, no there was nothing to thank for
1: yes yes
0: <laughs> and my dad is always saying to people if i'm uh, if i'm saying thank you there is something that i'm thankful for so there mm-hmm. is something to thank for just so accept true. it yeah yes <laughs> and it's a very mind-shifting thing to do mm-hmm. when someone is thanking you you might think that like, oh, that was easy for me that was natural But just because it was natural and easy for you doesn't mean that it was natural and easy for the other person. And they appreciate Mm. that you've done it. And this is something that can transform every relationship of yours. We are using it a lot with my husband. And we got comments from one of our couch surfers back in the days when we were doing that. She was like, do you always thank each other for doing the dishes? And I was like, "Uh, (laughs) yeah. And she was just staring at us with open mouth for a couple of seconds. And then she was like, you're doing well, guys. (laughs) And I was like, of course, I want to thank him. Mm. And some people, including my mom, she's like, of course, he's supposed to do that. It's like, I'm not supposed to do all of the work at home. But that kills it all, I feel, Mm. in every relationship. Mm. Just because someone is supposed to do something, you think, doesn't mean that they will do it. And also, just because you think they're supposed to do that, doesn't mean that they're supposed to. No one one has to do anything. No.
1: So, so talking about that in in uh, a family sense, that the tools that you use could actually, you can use that as a as a parent, as a friend, as a. It's not only the leader as a the boss uh, exactly. leader, exactly. exactly. Yes. And
0: if you're talking about as a parent and as a friend, that's the dimension of one to one. You yes. have those relationships, yeah. and I'm saying that you are a leader. Every single one of us on the planet mm. is a leader. Mm. Mm. If, and if you think about the three dimensions, it's it's easy to understand it because whether you are a boss or manager or not, you are leading yourself. And you do have relationships in your life that you can lead where you can lead. And mm. leading is not about being bossy, right? It's about coming together around a common vision and mm. helping the others to be the best of them to get to that vision.
1: Yes. Yes, that's what I was hoping you were going to say that we' we're, <laughs> we're all leaders and and it's important that but but uh, uh, talking of that um is is it is it in every one of us to be a leader? Is this something that we are because some are better leaders, we hmm. must say that, and is it something that we're born with or how how does this work?
0: It's not a born thing. And we actually discussed it with some of my guests on my podcast, because Mm -hmm. that's the question that I'm getting quite often. And I had quite heated discussions about that. And my position is that no, not everyone is a born leader. And no, not everyone can learn to be a good leader. Because not everyone is interested in leading others. Mm. You need to be genuinely interested in the other people
1: Mm.
0: to be a good leader. That's my standpoint. There might be discussions about that. Maybe not everyone agrees, but uh, I believe in that. That, But that's the thing. Like, No matter how asocial and introvert you are, if you are interested in that, and if you see the value in uniting together for a common vision, and if you want to help the others to achieve that vision together with you, and you're interested in understanding how they function to help them, then you can be a good leader.
1: Yes, yes. <clears throat> and we, we can, uh, if you think about it, there are so many different uh, different kinds of leaders. Uh, if you look at, uh, I was thinking about, um, talking about sustainability and climate, uh, Greta Thunberg, mm-hmm. for instance, like what a leader she is, mm-hmm. but she's not maybe the the typical, you would think about, like um, Barack Obama mm-hmm. <laughs> or some, yeah. somebody else. So there's many ways uh, to lead. Yeah, absolutely. And Greta is a good example because
0: she has the conditions, right? That that maybe prevent her from being as mm, as natural with understanding the reactions of others mm-hmm. or expressing her reactions and feelings in the same way that our society is used to, mm. but that does not take away her power from her. She is still very visionary and she is still being able to bring people together mm. around the vision and the future that she sees. Right. And she is helping the others to get on board and stay on board and roll in the same direction and not like mm. back and forth and so on because she has those those prerequisites for that or she, she has the passions and, and she mm-hmm. is paying attention to the things that, that are important for a leader to to have the idea, to see how can you com- communicate it in a powerful way and how can you stay consistent with your message um, and how you can show by action because I, for me, being a good leader is also a lot about showing by own example. Yes. And that... All those boxes, I would say Greta is ticking. So she's for yeah. example of how different leadership styles can be, but still successful. Yes.
1: yes. Um, so in this podcast, a recurring theme is transitions and changes. Uh, and actually, I have called this season Connecting Changes. And one of the main reasons that I ch- changed to English is that I wanted to go out in the world and learn from how people are dealing with changes. Um, and I think that one of the things that we can be absolutely certain of is that the future will be quite different than how we experience the world today. That is something that we, I think we can agree on. Um, and in that sense, how is leadership important, do you think? And maybe even more so, how is then leading from your zone of genius uh, important?
0: Mm those are great questions especially moi. Mm-hmm. so the first i'll take the first one about the how is leadership important in the the whole transition mm. period that we are or in, in the transition that is life because change is inevitable that, that we just yes. need to accept right the last year with the global pandemic has shown in the leadership space that those leaders who are ready to face the change and to lead the others through the change are the ones who were more successful and seen more successful and effective by the peers, by their managers, and, and so on. So this is one of the characteristics that we need to have. And this is very important for a leader to, to be appreciative of change because everyone, when something is happening, which always happens, <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, everyone is looking at at the leader right like so what are we doing now Mm. and you need to have this inner inner core the strong one saying that yeah things are changing but we'll get through this and to be this kind of great reminder for your people that everything is cyclical we are coming through different seasons and we can't skip seasons the economic winter comes around once a decade it's inevitable it can be milder it can be bigger but it still happens and those kind of things so when leader is still standing strong on those beliefs it gives hope to people it gives energy to people and it gives the motivation for them to continue and with that I don't want to talk about that you as a leader have to have all the answers all the time because that's another part of the research that vulnerability is a big part of leadership, right? Mm-hmm. You need to show that, okay, we don't know all the answers. Mm. but Having this belief and really tapping into your vision all the time and grounded in, being grounded in that is very important for a leader because that really shows your people that we'll get through this as well. And it's a new mm. situation. Like no one has been leading people through pandemic before. Those who are yes. living on the earth today, and those leaders who managed to say, like, okay, this is the first time that I'm doing it with you guys. We don't have yes. any procedures. We don't have any SOPs in our uh, systems in our in our company to to go through this. Let's try this way. Mm. And you d- then remind because because our customers need us because we are here to change the world in this and that way. So when you connect those dots of, okay, here's the situation in which we are now, here's the way we'll start doing the first steps and then we adjust. But the ultimate goal is this and that's where we are going. And that's why Mm. we're still here. That's why we still show up in the office, even if it's our home and we log into zoom or uh, meet or whatever. Mm. When you connect those dots as a leader, you just become unstoppable, and your team becomes unstoppable as well.
1: Yes, and now you you actually answered some some things that I was really curious about how, what you thought about because this when you lead people through uh, really uncertain times, and you can look at the the COVID situation or or climate change, mm-hmm. you you really don't know where the the like the end or the goal. Or you you might have a north north star or um, a compass, but you don't know. Maybe it's sometimes you have to. I'm making uh, making uh, gestures with my hands. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> no, no point on a podcast. But you you know you will need to pivot at points. So you also need to be uh, as you said um, humble or. Uh, be able to not be right all the time Mm -hmm. and sometimes I have the feeling that if you are a leader you need to be uh, really certain that you have taken a stand and this is me and I'm on this side and if you change your mind or like change course then you might be perceived as weak Mm -hmm. Uh, and this could be You have examples in politics, for instance, that if people like change their mind, they're oh, he's like really wobbly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And isn't that a really a good um, good way to be a leader? That you are a bit humble and not always like. I think it's a
0: very um, uh, tricky question in the way that. There is no black and white. And that's what you're talking mm. about with this podcast yes. in general, right? That there are things I believe that we need to stand for. Mm. And this is what I work with my leaders. Identifying the values. and define what kind of person I want to be mm. and how do mm. I want to live this my life. And then, of course, the ways to be that person is the operational stuff that can change. So I would say the best... The strongest leader is the one who knows their values and who stands by the values. Mm-hmm. But then you don't know what you don't know when you define a strategy. And the strategy should be flexible. You should be able to change that. As mm-hmm. long as it still guides you towards the, the the goal, the visionary goal that you're having for mm-hmm. yourself and for the society, for the world, how you see it in the future. And then, of yes. course, there's, it's it can be a tricky question: what is still the value, and what are already the tactics? And that's what I'm saying that it's a it's not black and white here because it depends on people, and you you sometimes need to dig quite much deeper to identify the true values, and then to do quite a lot of training for people to to understand: okay, those other things are operational, and they can change. But I don't definitely agree with you, Reshle more that you said about the being humble. Mm. That's very important. And that's every every leader who inspires me when I interview them for my podcast, they they talk about it all the time in maybe different words, but they show how how open they are to feedback from the others, no matter what their position is in the society, in their company and so on. They they're showing the great understanding that they don't know everything. And no one does. And they really tap into that. And they talk about it like I do my job. But I have all the other people who do their job. And it's very important that we let each other do our jobs. And we bring those things together. And, and I think those are also signs of being humble for me. Mm. Yes.
1: So so uh, working from your values... How do you work with people to to make them aware of uh, where do they where do you start? What are my values? I I give a very simple
0: exercise, uh, simple to describe, <laughs> so that your mm-hmm. listeners can do. Uh, yeah. They might get stuck sometimes, but uh, it's always it's always good to start. So you can just Google value values list on just go to Google and search for that, and you get a lot of different web pages that give you lists of hundred or hundreds of different values. Mm-hmm. And what I ask my clients to do is to look through the whole list and just write down every word that resonates somehow. And then you end up with a list of a couple of dozens usually of values or characteristics. And then you need to start it down. So the goal is to have three words. Yeah. And what I usually say, you look through the list and then you try to half it. And quite often you'll see, okay, these words are synonymous for me. Okay, which one that resonates more? Then you write, you cross the other one out or you underline with the color, the one that resonates more. So you slowly get to more uh, or to, to fewer words. And sometimes you see, okay, these three words, they're kind of in the same topic, but they don't completely overlap. They're not really synonymous. And then you like think, okay, what word could describe what I mean here, so that I can cross those three and choose that one word, and you can be creative and playful for that. I had some clients who 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 chose words like sparkling. And mm-hmm. I have, for example, a word beautiful in my uh, three, and mm-hmm. that one in integrates a lot of self care and living by my values, because beautiful for me is not about the appearance, but it's about when I look in the mirror and I say something like, oh, you look like shit. Why did you even get out of bed today? (laughs) That is a sign for me that I have not been following my own rules about Mm. getting enough sleep, going out for daily walks, training enough, Mm. nurturing my body with good foods, and those kind of things. So for me, that's a sign that, okay, I need to maybe meditate more. I need to maybe go to basics with my physical health, Mm. So if I look at myself in the mirror and I see myself as beautiful, it means that my mind is in its good form. So those things are very interrelated and there were a lot of words that I had to integrate into something. And, I, and that's the, the thing that I came up for myself with. Mm. Because for me, again, leadership is about leading by an example. And if I take care of myself, this is very important for me As part of my impact in the world, because by Mm -hmm. my own example, I can show that, yes, you can take care of yourself, for example, and still do good in the world. You can still create some impact. So just really try to narrow the choice down to three words. Don't take it too serious. Be playful and maybe do it with a friend of yours or your partner just to have someone to brainstorm with. So there are some ways. Mm-hmm. And then those three words, the important part with the values is to not just put them on the wall and forget about them or write them mm-hmm. in the notebook and that's it. The important is part is really to live by them. And for that, the next step for my clients is usually to get some reminders. And it can be your phone where you put alarms throughout the day at random times with the names of, with those three words as the name or a label of your alarm. So that just starts ringing and on the screen you see your words. Mm -hmm. And you just take half a moment to reflect. Whatever I'm doing at the moment, am I doing it as that person whom I want to be? Yes. You can have it as a post-it on your computer. But then, you know, we're good at um, blacking it out or... We get out. used to it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. So then move that and post it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and repaint it or redraw it and rewrite it every week, for example, so that it's mm. it's somehow different. Uh, it can be, you can ask your kid, for example, to, to draw a picture with those words, put it on the fridge or on your mm. desk so that you have those reminders. Again, be creative here and come up with different ways. There are some uh, coaches who are saying, I have the door entering or doorway trigger. So every time I go through a doorway, I remind myself. My mantra, my affirmation or my values, whatever. So for you, it could be like every time I go to get a cup of coffee or refill my water glass and so on and so forth. I say those things to myself. Mm -hmm. And again, you can use those words when you are journaling in the evening and thinking about like, what did I do well today or what am I proud of? You can relate to those value words like, did I live as that person? And you just go through the situations you had in the day and think, was I brave or sparkling or whatever your words are? Empathetic, caring. And you just write those things like, yes, here I was caring. And then you just write, was caring towards especially more when. So that way you really get used to living by the values that you have.
1: Mm-hmm. those are some good tips I I have done this work with uh, like getting my values straight uh, during the last few years Mm -hmm. but I when I'm thinking about them now I oh what was what what was those words again Mm -hmm. so yeah reminders is a good uh, it's a good thing Mm -hmm. Uh, I actually had them on my phone like you talked about before uh, a few years ago Uh, but it got a a little bit annoying in meetings and things like that. <laughs> so, yeah, but the post it that I move around—that's a good—that's a good idea.
0: And yeah. again, in the journaling every evening, even if it's only in the evening, then you go through yeah. your day in your head, and you already have mm-hmm. that. And again, you can use it for all three, or uh, for all three or four questions, depending on which stage you are in. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ask yourself, okay, what, what do I need help with tomorrow? Maybe I am not caring enough and then you can say help me be caring towards my partner my kids my employees and so on yes
1: so in your experience um how many people are are focused on on this like you i guess you attract people who are from the start a little bit more aware than maybe other people so i i heard some I have mentioned it on the podcast before I can't remember the number now but the the amount of people not being really satisfied in their work mm-hmm. is really high I think mm-hmm. it's like 80% or okay. something maybe american numbers but but still uh and if people were a bit more aware of their, their values and what they stand for mm-hmm. that number might be quite a bit lower mm-hmm. don't you think um, and definitely yeah. the, the workplaces and the, the society in general would
0: uh, be transformed and, and look very, very differently if more of us would pay attention to what mm. is important to us and how we can get there and really getting the power back into our hands and the work that we are doing with my clients the, to really equip them to see the things that they can affect and focus on those what stephen covey the uh, author of seven habits of highly effective people he's talking about a focus of or a circle of influence and circle of concern you can be concerned a lot about a lot of things but mm-hmm. what of those which of those can you actually affect what do yes. you have influence on and yeah. focus on that circle and by focusing on it you will keep growing it so it's not like you just say up oh, global environmental cl- crisis I-, I can't do anything, I don't care focus on, okay, can I be more mindful about the p- packaging that I'm buying, you know or like, mm. can I take my tote bag with me and the rucksack to the shop can I skip f- flying and those kind of things, you just start taking those small actions and by those small actions, you, you show the market and the service providers and the product pro- producers that ah, there is demand for something different now Mm. And by that, you're creating those ripple effects that really that you grow your circle of uh, influence. And this is a very, very powerful transformation that we can do in every
1: aspect of our life. Mm. Both as individuals and also as uh, in business. And that is... um, uh, that is one of my questions, actually. That was a very good transition <laughs> because uh, talking about the future—it's in the title, so we need to talk about the future. And there's a lot happening within business, and uh, when it comes to sustainability and like greening our future, um, and then not only in business but also in like personal, personally for all of us, um, and there can be a lot of talking. There's a lot of talking Uh, and we have our strong opinions and we feel the urgency, perhaps Uh, we do. Uh, A lot of us do, and we want to make changes, but how do we move uh, from, from the talking to the acting and, and from sharing our LinkedIn posts and Facebook posts and to actually doing something and, and how do we, Um, lead people also in that sense to to move the needle do you think it's a
0: it's a great discussion to have and i think it's very easy for us or we often end up in just talking or Mm. just thinking not even voicing our thoughts because they are overwhelming we Mm. see this huge work that has to be done for the future to become, for the future that we dream about to become the reality. Mm. And we're scared. We're like, who am I to Mm. go on the journey? Who am I to change something? And it's very important to see the small steps. So I usually compare the transformation that you have as a leader and the the self-leadership as hiking, because that's what I usually do. So when you stand in uh, in the valley, sometimes you look at the top and like, how the heck, Can we go there? How am I going to get there? I'm not an alpinist. I'm not like climber. I'm just hiking here. Mm. And I don't see any way to get there in a safe way. But then you're like, okay, on the map, there is a route. (laughs) It's the route of my level. So it should be possible. Let's mm. give it a try. And then you just focus on the next five meters. You focus on the next 10 meters. Wherever you see the path, you just go it. You take those couple of steps and then there is a turn. And like, ah, oh, here is the, the path. It continues. It looks like, okay. So you take it. And then one hour later, you are on the top and you're looking down into the valley like, I made it. Mm. And that's, that's what we need to do with every transition, with every, every development and with every goal of ours, I, I believe, that we really need to break it down into those tiny pieces and the power of steps should not be underestimated. Mm. As long as you break the whole journey into the steps that are tiny enough, that they, they don't leave you any space for failure. They need to be that easy. Yeah. You know, like if, if you, for example, want, want to start flossing, if you've never done it before, start with just getting out the floss of the package. Yeah. <laughs> and just do it for a week. And then you're like, okay, now it's already out then let's floss one tooth. Mm-hmm. And you get that into habit. And then you're like, okay, now I'm already flossed one. So why don't I do the other one? And slowly you get into the habit of doing the whole mouth. Mm-hmm. And that's the same with every transformation of ours. And as our organizations, especially when we talk about the climate change and our impact, when we start doing something, there will always be some hater who is like, yes, but you are not doing this and that. Or like, yes, but this is just a tiny fraction of. Just ignore those people. Mm. Or think about that that they, they are saying that because they're so passionate. And either they are already much further away and they have forgotten the first steps of theirs. They just see the whole journey of theirs as, when they look back. Mm. Or it's people who are also passionate as you, but they are more fearful than you. And they're afraid of starting. They don't see those tiny steps that they can take. And see yourself as the linchpin between those two. Be grateful to those who are ahead of you and have already forgotten about those tiny steps. Mm. And see, hey, for them, this is just a tiny little bit. And I can get there too with my company or as a person. And be grateful to the others because they show to you that you're not the last one in the world doing this first step, and for them, you can be the inspiration later on. You can show them that yes, you can get there too.
1: Yes, but but what what with uh, the situation where people are so uh, so in opposite directions that you you kind of you need to find some kind of uh, common ground in order to. Uh, maybe we in the end we want the same thing but Mm -hmm. we have so different opinions uh, about how to get there Mm -hmm. Uh, and maybe those small steps then would be really different for those two groups Mm -hmm. um, in order to get to the goal how do you find that kind of common ground and what to focus on to to get people to row Mm -hmm. in the same direction Mm -hmm. That's a very tricky one. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You know it from experience, right? (laughs) Um,
0: I would say here it's uh, tapping into why. And if you are in the power position, so like you are the one who is the decision maker, it's your responsibility to get as many people understand your why as possible, like as many people as possible to understand your why. And it could be, again, the power struggle, right? If we talk about maybe some organization wants to get to the same goal, but there are different departments, for example, or different board members who see different ways there, then maybe you need some outside help to facilitate the conversation. That could be one of the ways to do it. Uh, It could be training, for example. Uh, If we talk about the environmental issues, maybe you take someone who is very knowledgeable in that area and you educate to get yourself into the ways to do it, uh, to get to the goal that you as organization have. And then with the f- help of that person uh, as a facilitator, discuss, okay, those are the two ways that we see and they are conflicting. How do we merge them together or how do we actually get the strategy rolling? So maybe you need someone from outside who is not as emotional, who is not having those political games or the stakes in those political games who wouldn't care about which way you go from the power point of you it's more about the goal for them and really getting there so that could be one of the ways to to do it if you as a person are facing the the conflicts like that and the conflicts of interest and so on it might be a way of actually stepping away from that organization. If you see that by no means can I continue following the trail that the company is following, uh, that goes against my values, and by mm-hmm. no way can I affect that, or maybe I can change it, but that will cost me my health, my relationships, or whatever, then maybe it is a tough choice of actually stepping down and finding some other organization that is more aligned with your ways. Mm. And it's not to say that their way is wrong and your way is right. It's only the future that will show us, right? (laughs) And we just can know as much as we can know now. But it's really about feeling good when you get up in the morning, when you go to your work and when you journal in the evening, feeling Mm. that you are aligned with what is important for you, that you have the space and the safety, the psychological safety to, to speak out. And speak up right for, for what you stand for. And if you don't have that then and you don't see the way to change the organization, there are enough organizations around and it's in our power to to find our spot yes. somewhere else.
1: That's so true. Yes. So the future again. Ten years, looking ahead, ten years, how do you see the future for for yourself, your business, and like for the world in total? You, you have a, like, so, a, yeah, you have a beautiful answers from your previous
0: guests, and I was like, "Oh, should I write something down?" Yeah, yeah. but I really prefer just going with the flow and just voicing what comes, so I yes. tried to not prepare for that question. <laughs> oh, that's good. yes, but i I do believe that we we get to the future where everyone is more empowered to take care of themselves and to take care of the planet and the people around themselves. And we, we are seeing this global movement where mental health is just as important as the physical health. Mm. We are more educated and we make the choices that are more aligned with our values, meaning that we know our values. Mm. And we are disrupting a lot of industries that have been manipulating us uh, to the choices that are not serving us as people and us as planet mm, in the best way. So we have gained in those 10 years, we have gained the power to to shift it. And we have a lot of innovation mm. uh, that also comes from people knowing their values and standing for them and having the energy because of this alignment with their values and the North Star, as you said, mm. they have the energy to fight and it's becoming less and less of a fight and it just becomes the beautiful collaboration that is helping everyone thrive. Yes.
1: Do you, do you believe that this last year has done anything for us in that in that in a in a good direction? You know, I I believe that it's our choice.
0: Yes. So there are it's it's a personal choice and then it's a, or it's an organizational choice what you take out from that. I see a lot of people who are thriving, a lot of people who are learning
1: from the yeah. last year,
0: but I see a lot of people who are smashed by the experience Yes, when someone else, and of course, sometimes it, it's, it is very difficult, right? People have lost their dear ones, people mm-hmm. have lost their jobs, the, everything. But I also see people who have been through that journey and they still find the resilience and the learnings from, from those experiences. So it's really a personal decision whether it will be the positive change, and whether we will learn anything from this pandemic or whether it will just swing the pendulum back to some more negative mm. Mm.
1: experience and way of living yes let's hope for the for the first one mm. that we learn something i think you had a really good uh, answer to the to the future question <laughs> thank <laughs> you <That> was, yes
0: <laughs> very
1: good <laughs> So this has been great. Uh, very nice to, to have you on the podcast. And I think this gave like a really good, um, it was a really good uh, addition to all the other conversations about, about the future. So thank you so much. And where, where can we, we follow you and your work and um, so what, what you're doing?
0: I have, I have a podcast that is called Genius Leadership, Overcoming Everything. You're yes. more than welcome to subscribe and listen. We have a lot of conversations about what genius leadership is with people from different industries and different roles in, in the society. And then you will mostly find me on LinkedIn. That's the platform that I'm playing most on. Uh, and recently, I just joined Clubhouse and I'm really enjoying the conversations there. There are a lot of amazing conversations about the environmental ah. um,
1: issues. So Yes, i i have i'm i'm on there but i haven't tried it yet so i i need to do that i just haven't figured it out <laughs>
0: so, <yeah. laughs> it's, a, it's a beautiful place where meaningful conversations and relationships are born at now for oh, now and it's good to to do it now so if you're there then you just uh, follow me and
1: uh, yes me i there. will <laughs> yes and i will share all the links in the show notes and uh thank you again and have a great uh Icelandic winter <laughs> we with already a lot of different of
0: that, so it's really good thanks a lot yeah. good luck to you with the rest of the winter
1: <laughs> oh thank you it's it's good here now it's, uh, it's snow and it's white mm-hmm. outside so it's uh, ex- at this point uh, in time it's very beautiful but tomorrow we'll see <laughs> <laughs> then I hope you have time today to enjoy outside uh, yes I need to get out mm-hmm. thank you so much thank you As you might understand, this episode was recorded a few weeks ago. Just to not make everyone in the world confused about the Nordic winter, we are now approaching spring in both Iceland and Norway. The temperature is most of the time above freezing and the snow is gradually melting. But enough about the weather and back to the topic. As we are getting more connected, more global, more digital, and as the world is changing in so many ways... The need for leaders to stay awake and pay attention to all the changes is really important. This topic is so interesting, and I'm sure I will come back to it in later episodes. I would, for instance, love to talk more about how we lead in our personal lives, how we dare to be that person who takes a stand and leads, even if our stand is not the most popular at first. We all like to be a part of the crowd, and as many changes start with a small group that gradually grows to a crowd, being first is not always easy. I would highly recommend checking out Anna's podcast called Genius Leadership, Overcoming Everything. She covers a lot of really interesting topics, and I will link to it in the show notes. As always... If you want to be sure not to miss any episodes of this podcast, I recommend you follow it wherever you listen to your podcasts. And reviews are always welcome as well. They really help me rank better, and that again makes it easier to get all the great stories out to a larger audience. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.